Sideways to Ferguson. Brilliantly finished by Ferguson. Hearts take the lead. And you, Ferguson, save us the moment. Hello and welcome to Scarves Around the Funnel in our Make Some Noise segment as we give pretty much immediate reaction to Hearts uh, European Adventures. I am Laurie Dunsire, coming to you from the local shores, coming to you from Scotland, but joined by a man who's he's always overseas from me, but a little bit closer <laughs> than normal. Because Mark Donaldson is over in Switzerland. This is this is probably the closest we'll get when um, he is overseas. You'll be in Portobelli. Um, I'm just yeah, on the road from Portobelli. I know. Well. I know. It's, it's the closest <laughs> we're going to get. You're in Musselboro. Um, yeah, that that was that was it. Was good to be there tonight. Um, it's been great to be here in Switzerland. Um, it's a disappointing result. I, I didn't think Hearts were anywhere near their best, but I do think they'll go through in the tie. So there's plenty to get our, plenty to get stuck into, and hopefully the, the many Hearts fans over here can be listening to the podcast on their uh, their way home by planes and cars and buses and all sorts. Indeed, we will of course review the match between FC Zurich and Heart of Midlothian, which just finished at the time of recording. And uh, chat about whatever might come up uh, ahead of the weekend and ahead of the second leg. Okay, we are going to talk about the game um, in St. Gallen. But first of all, I thought it would be good to get a taste of the, the atmosphere. First time in six years that Hearts have been in Europe and a few fans have been savouring the experience, including Mr. Donaldson. So first of all, here's what I'd like to call the sound of St. Gallen. Some recordings there from our our official <laughs> scarves around the funnel sound man, our sound technician, <laughs> Mark Donaldson, who was live on site capturing capturing the atmosphere. And uh, great to hear. We've seen we've seen pictures, we've seen videos on on social media. Uh, great atmosphere over there by the looks of it. Um, as someone yeah. who was on the ground experiencing mm-hmm. it, how was it? Brilliant. Brilliant! It's it's up there with with one of the best that I've been on. Um, Basel was great. Stuttgart was great. Um, Rotterdam was 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 great. Um, just the the fans were absolutely outstanding. And I mean, effect or effect, whatever it was called, was the bar that most people kind of 
seemed to to flock to and you kind of went in with a, a clean t-shirt and a smile on your face and we all came out like we'd been at a rave, an overnight rave at Ingolstadt, sweating, and it started to rain last night. There was all sorts. There was a Hearts fan that went head first down the stairs. Thankfully, he's okay. Not after a large, hefty health bill and 1,400 euros for an ambulance. But no, Hearts fans were really well behaved. And even in the square today, and the, and the police were, were commenting how um, they knew that Hearts fans were coming and they've been, they've been very pleased by, by the behaviour. But just to, to be among them, and I have to say, I know there's a few that didn't come to this one, and we're probably envious or jealous of that, who will be going to the, the away games in the group stage. That'll be just as good, if not better. We've got a lot to look forward to. We just need to know if it's going to be the Conference League or the Europa League that we'll be in. Yes, which is still very much up for grabs. So uh, a great atmosphere over in Switzerland ahead of the game. Um, I think there was only I don't know what the official attendance was. I've not seen it yet. But seven thousand, about... just under, just under seven thousand nine hundred. Okay, so yeah, what was predicted about seven thousand home fans, and I think just under a thousand Hearts fans yeah. there. And to be fair, uh, although the majority of the seats in the ground were empty, I thought there was a decent atmosphere by the sounds of it. I was watching on mm-hmm. television back at home, but the ultras of Mm-hmm. Uh, Zurich were making a decent sound and you could hear the Hearts fans as well making themselves heard so seemed to be a decent atmosphere from, from what I could tell from afar I mean they were pretty much non-stop with their, their chants and the Hearts fans <laughs> they kind of waited for the, the the silence of which there wasn't much from the home fans to kind of break into renditions of the European song and, and various other ditties that we've been hearing non-stop over the past 36 hours or so but <laughs> it was like there was there was a mass of humanity at one end, a mass of humanity in the other corner, and then it was kind of sparsely populated, as you probably saw on on television. But it was a decent atmosphere, and what I would say though, it's not nothing like the atmosphere that's going to be at Tynecastle next yeah. week because there's there's not eleven players for Hearts next week. There's there's twelve because the twelfth man um, is going to be so important. And honestly, as much as I love being here, I'm I'm going to be envious of everybody who'll be at Tynecastle next week. Hearts fans have got such a big part to play. This is a very winnable tie. I think we'll go through, but the Hearts fans need to be patient next week and they need to get behind the team because that will be brilliant at Tynecastle next week. Yeah, well, let's talk about the 11 men who started the game in St. Gallen. So um, maybe some slight surprises that those three changes from Robbie Nielsen, Smith, Boyce um, and Forrest all dropping out, Kingsley, Atkinson and Haring coming in. Uh, probably, probably not too much surprise about the fact that he Find a way to try and get Stephen Kingsley back in because probably our best outfield player last season. If you can get him back in the team, you get him back in. But maybe some surprises that there were some tweaks in terms of the overall team, the shape. I know that you've been following it a little bit more closely, so we'll get your um, feedback on that. So Gordon and goals, Halkett, Kingsley, and Kai Rolls, the back three, Atkinson, Cochrane, the left wing backs, Devlin, Haring in the centre, Grant. Kind of in the centre as well with them, but potential to to move forward. I know the three of them rotated at times. Devlin pushed up a little bit with Mackay more than number ten and Shanklin up top. Um, so talk us through the changes because a few people had their eyebrows raised at Michael Smith being yeah, out, yeah. but that wasn't just that wasn't a tactical choice. No, I went to the press conferences yesterday and was able to chat with Robbie after the press conferences and and. We were, we were discussing um, a few things. He didn't give his team away, but 
he did say it was going to be a back three, and he kind of intimated that Michael Smith wasn't really going to be 100%, so they had to make a decision today as to whether or not he was going to start, and they decided it wasn't quite worth the risk because they had a fully fit Matty Atkinson. Um, they knew that Smith on the bench was going to be there to be called upon if, if required, which he was at half-time, but they just felt, and it's understandable that Hearts fans automatically would say, well, you're not playing your strongest team. Michael Smith probably, I don't know if he could have done 90 minutes um, tonight because he played defensive midfield. Uh, when he came on, he was at right wing back. I don't think he had 90 minutes in him tonight. He's, he's had a bug over the past couple of days and he wasn't 100%. So that was why uh, we saw Nathaniel Atkinson at right wing back. This was a team selection based on next week to the extent and, and having a chance at Tynecastle to to go through um, to try and hit on the counter. Uh, it was a team selection with... I mean, there was some talk earlier today in the, in the square about Hearts fans saying, well, have you heard that Shanklin might not be starting? He did. Um, it was like kind of isolated at, at, at times. Um, but the, the whole the big point was was that Smith didn't start. Atkinson did. And sadly for Matty, I didn't think he played that well. No, but I mean, before we get to, I guess, Atkinson's performance, the big blow for Hearts came after just five minutes when Craig Halkett um, slid in over on the right-hand side. Seemed pretty innocuous, but looked like he maybe tweaked something holding the back of the leg. Um, looked like possibly a hamstring issue and eventually would go off for Toby Sibick. I mean, that is a huge blow for Hearts because we talk about Stephen Kingsley has been a fantastic player, but Halkett has been right up there. He was uh, immense last season. He's really grown into his position at centre-back. And I think to lose him so early in the game must have really affected the Hearts team. Massive blow. Massive blow. And I don't know if we would have done better in the game as far as not losing it is concerned. I'm not sure we would have conceded the two goals of Halkett being on the pitch. Um, latest update, I haven't spoken to to Robbie here at the team hotel, is best case scenario. It's probably going to be a couple of weeks. I know you saw him on crutches on the TV pictures. He's going to go for a scan when Hearts get back to Edinburgh tomorrow and they'll see. Um, but it's not it's not a torn, it's not ruptured. Um, best case is probably two weeks. Worst case is probably four weeks. It's, it's not overly serious, but it's serious enough to probably keep him out of the, the return leg, which is a blow. It certainly is, but that said, you know, Sibbett came on, we've got our concerns about that right-hand side, we've spoken about it before, mm-hmm. especially that Ross County game recently with Sibbett and Atkinson out there where they got exposed time and time again, but the opening 20 minutes, maybe 25 minutes, Hearts still seemed fairly comfortable, and in the 21st minute, it was Nathaniel Atkinson who was involved inside the Zurich penalty area. Um, I, I'll have to admit, from widescreen view on TV, I thought there was nothing in it. Couldn't believe he'd even claim for a penalty. But to be fair, the referee, I, I was wondering what the Polish referee was doing because he kind of looked like he was pointing, get up, it's all fine. And then he kind of seemed to go back to it. But when you see the replay, um, the Zurich player leaves his foot in and he kind of just basically stands right on Atkinson's, the top of his boot, sore one, and I think it's the right call. Okay, two things. It is the right call. And secondly, it was the assistant referee on the far side that gave it. You watch it again, you'll see the referee um, not blow the whistle straight away. Uh, assistant, Polish assistant on the far side, Jakob Winkler, informed the referee that he thought it was a penalty. 
that was when it was awarded. So I think it was a correct call. One of the angles is, is pretty clear that he's he stood on him. And big chance, wasn't it? That was the first real chance of the game because it was a pretty cagey opening. And I thought Hearts were playing very much within themselves. Yeah. Um, and didn't look... And, and I thought the shape when they started was... Not the shape, but the positions on the field. I thought they were good because, as we'll discuss, they got deeper and deeper after... Lauren Shanklin scored the penalty. And, and by the way, I don't know what the noise level was like on TV, but in the lines then, right in front of them, they were not happy that that decision was given. And he's hit that really well. That's a tall goalkeeper, 6'5". He got down yeah. and couldn't get to the ball quick enough. And super penalty from, from Lauren Shankland. And, and we went a goal up, but then we started to get deeper, didn't we? Yeah, I mean, on the penalty, I think that's a thing. Throughout the game, Lauren Shankland had very little to work with. It's hard to give... The rest of his performance, I think, a fair rating as such because he was working on very little as the number nine up top. But one of the big reasons I think we signed him, gave him the number nine shirt, is he's someone who has a scoring instinct. He's clinical. And I think that showed with the penalty. Like you say, it's a pressure kick. It's a big game. Yep. Europa League playoff away from home in front of um, some boisterous visiting fans against an imposing goalkeeper. And it was a really good penalty. Bottom, yeah. bottom left corner, low... And, uh, you know, given our penalty record over recent years, I don't have it in front of me, but we all know it's been poor. That's just, even that's a big thing for me. Just have the confidence, get the ball, put it down, pick your spot. It's easy as that. And I really like that. And I, I think he'll be a huge signing. And three goals in three games now. Um, oh, I hope it's a sign of things to come. But on the, the negative side of things, you're quite right. If anything, you know, it, it was a cagey opening, fairly... Um, fairly non-eventful in the opening quarter, but after the goal obviously Zurich decided they needed to up the ante a bit and we just got so defensive and Craig Gordon made a, a big save in the 27th minute from Blairim uh, Jamali who uh, <laughs> can't believe he's still around, he's older than me which <laughs> I mean, I'm not ancient or anything but I feel like I'm beyond playing football years but he's he's um, he's 36 now and 69 caps for Switzerland and he's got a bit of Craig Gordon about him actually, he started his career um, at FC Zurich and left in 2007 and came back two years ago and had some decent spells in between in Serie A and among others but he was certainly a quality player for them and despite his his age, he certainly I thought at times troubled hearts the way that we, we look at this is we kind of retreated um, and became a deeper five, but at times we still tried to keep one plus two up front and that left, or certainly in attack, not so much up front, that left Haring and Devlin outnumbered by Jamaili, um, by Selnais and by Marquesano. So I think that's something to think about ahead of the, the, the second leg. Um, just the problem that I thought we had, and, and you mentioned it straight away, and I saw a bit of halftime with Michael Stewart and our very own Ryan McGowan, and, and they were discussing the, the, the weakness down that right-hand side with Civic as a right centre-back and Atkinson as a right wing-back. If I'm an opposition manager, I'm just shelling balls over there or getting the ball in that area. Yeah. So that was a weak, weak link for us. But it, it was re what was really interesting for me, Laurie, being at the game... And when the, the Zurich fans were quiet, I know who the leaders are. It's clear. Haring's a leader. Smith, when he came on, is a leader. 
uh, just just shouting. But he had so much work to do, Haring. It was no surprise that I'm not saying his legs went. Who am I to say that? But he, he noticeably fatigued um, as the game wore on because he he had to do kind of twice the work um, because Jamali and, and Marchesano um, were able to support Avdi and um, Vunic in attack and. That's when it's the sloppiness of the goals that, that yeah. we conceded was the problem. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's much, uh, much less extreme, but we saw Dundee United way to Alkmaar have this horrendous period, which completely destroyed them in the tie. There was like, it was like a 20 minute period, wasn't it? But they ended up scoring, conceding six goals. Um, thankfully, we didn't concede anything like that, but there was just this two minute period where we just went to pot and, you know, the equaliser in the 32nd minute, it's just the goalkeeper. Long punt, and we've got a back line of five. And a, a ball fired over the top of them should not be ending up in that chance. And they, don't get me wrong, Guerrero, the goal scorer, it's a fantastic finish. He gives Gordon no chance as he cracks it on the volley. Lovely finish. But Atkinson gets caught under the ball, which is problematic to begin with. It's very poor defending. But why is our right wing back in that position. Like the back three is so narrow that our right wing back is almost like the centre back. So I'd, I think positionally, defensively, I'd, we got so deep and so narrow that I think, not going to say that made it easy because it was individual errors as well, but it felt like we were inviting Zurich on. We were. And it's not a, it's not a first choice formation and that's why I think that we don't concede that type of goal if Halkett with his organisational skills no, is on the no. pitch because I'm not saying Halkett makes Atkinson a better player, I think he makes him a more confident player knowing that oh, Halkett's beside me and if I do make a mistake, whatever then it's alright because I've got Halkett there Civic's different, now I don't want to get involved in a tit for tat, he didn't play well or he didn't play well, he was alright or, or whatever we can get on to that at a later time but they were able to exploit our defensive deficiencies, which were there simply because of a, a lack of, of communication um, after Halkett went off. And, and we looked like three centre-backs that had just been introduced for the first time, and we kind of played like that for their two goals. Yeah, because, I mean, two minutes later, and it's 2-1, and again, we're just we're so deep. Everyone, mm-hmm. what, what frustrated me here was not only we had multiple opportunities to to defend this and get the ball clear, you know, a couple of crosses, one from came in for the right originally, then it came back in from the left. But we've got so many players, the majority of our players are back and most of them are in the box. But when the ball comes back and Haring gets a slight touch on it and it diverts back to Jamaili, there's no one within about five yards of no. him inside our box. But we've, but we've got almost an entire team in there. It, it, it just seemed like we just lost all organisation for this period. Back to something I said earlier, the Hearts players looked like the Hearts fans coming out of affect last night <laughs> when we were Joel Sked and Mark Donaldson at centre back. Uh, no, I wouldn't wish that on anybody, but we looked dishevelled, we looked <laughs> disorientated, and we looked disorganised. The problem it's easy for me to sit here and I'm not whispering because there's players around the land. This is this is how I feel. The, the the problem I think we have right now is we scored a goal and then thought, right, that's it. We're done. We'll just hold on and we'll win 1-0. Essences of the the game at Easter Road. 
how you go into your shell, you just everyone goes deep, and and it 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 just it didn't work. So I'm not saying when you've scored because you can be susceptible to to conceding straight after you've scored, but you should still have enough about you as far as organisation is concerned to uh, to be able to defend better than that, regardless of, of who it is. I don't know Toby Sirik's best position. I don't know if he's a defensive midfielder, a centre midfielder, a centre back, or or what he is. He chose Lewis Nielsen to be on the bench, and he chose well, sorry, he he chose uh, Subic to come on ahead of him, which is it's probably fair. We mentioned earlier how Smith might have, well, he would have started if he was one hundred percent. He was another option, and I think that was telling that he was the one that um, was chosen to to kind of stay on the bench with with Subic coming on. Even Michael Smith as a right centre back probably would have been a better option than that, but. The, 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 the both goals were horrible to lose. Yeah. Going going forward after that, you saw with Dundee United against Alkmaar when the floodgates start to open, and you try and close them, but you've got this tide of, of this wave of, of attack after attack. Because first twenty minutes, I didn't think, I, I still don't think they're an average side. The yeah. Hearts will beat them next week, I think. Um, but when you go back into your shell. And the five at the back, fine. I've, I've got no issue as far as the five is concerned. Personnel, yes. But when you invite a team that are short of confidence to get a lot of the ball and invite them on you, and they can do that and they can find a ball, that's going to boost their confidence. And yeah. speaking to the local journalists, that was they were saying that was their best performance of the season. I thought we allowed them to play after we scored. Yeah, I mean uh, Craig King, who who was on last week, you know, he highlighted. Um, about the say last week, last episode. We've got two episodes this week. Last episode, Craig King came on, who's a Swiss who's a Swiss football expert, of course, um, said that's their struggle has been in front of goals. They just don't create anything. They don't score goals. They got one goal in five league games. And he's been on Twitter and posted to us it's been that was their best performance of the season. Um but we allowed them to do that. Why would you allow a team who's got no confidence, who isn't creating, who isn't scoring, to get that much of the ball and and potentially get into those positions. So yeah, I think there is a there is an element of hearts playing within themselves. I mean, in the second half, Michael Smith came on at half time. Um probably no surprise despite the fact he wasn't fully fit like you said because we were struggling so much and he steadied the ship to be fair. You know, he's got that experienced head, even just his presence in there helped steady things. Um the second half in the large part was a bit of a non-event I felt because for the first half of the second half hearts didn't look too keen to change things that much. Uh, Zurich had the lead, so they weren't pressing as much as they had been in, in the kind of 15 minutes to the end of the first half, albeit they looked slightly more dangerous than Hearts. But to credit Robbie Nielsen, he didn't. My worry was we would completely try and sit on that 2 1 scoreline and then eventually get caught for maybe a third goal or worse. But what he did uh, with about 20 minutes to go. Was he put on Alan Forrest and Liam Boyce, and that changed the dynamic, the dynamic a little bit. That actually made us look a little bit more dangerous. It did open things up slightly at the back, and we have Craig Gordon to thank for things at the end. And if Craig Gordon hadn't made that save in the 89th minute, maybe we'd be talking about why did Robbie Nielsen not just settle for a two-one, but he didn't. And I, I, I think that has some positive signs for me ahead of the second leg. Depends what way you want to look at this. Let's look at it yeah, this way. Glass half full or glass half empty, yeah. Of, of course, it's, it's totally subjective. Let, let's look at it this way. In my opinion, Hart's performance today was 6 out of 10. 
don't think it was much better than, than that. Well, I don't think it was much worse. But a 6 out of 10 performance, which wasn't great, has not put us in pole position, but put us in a reasonable position. It's a 50-50 tie now. It's put us in a reasonable position. And that was with a 6 out of 10 performance. It's easy to say, oh, could we, we should have been 7 out of 10 or 8 out of 10. Yeah, that's easier said than done. The bottom line is, we could be facing a deficit that is either insurmountable or going to be very yeah. tough to turn around now. I personally, if, I mean, I like a bet. Uh, I don't know what the, the odds of, of to qualify are. I would make Hearts just slight favourites to qualify after that. Um, straight after the um, the game, the Twitter account, the Maroon Report, put out the full time stat. It's a good, that's a great Twitter account, by the way, for all Hearts yep. stuff. Yep, Hearts had 54, 54% of the ball. Um, I'm not a big expected goals guy, but they were right. 2.18 for them, 1.05. But yeah. Hearts had, what, six shots, one big chance. They had 18 shots and, and four big chances. So if you've got 18 shots and four big chances, the likelihood is you're going to get at least two goals. So I, I think we're in a position right now whereby we're in a... An, would we have taken it before the game? Probably not. But it's not the worst thing in the world. What they did, by the way towards the end, last 20, when we changed shape, they did what we did after we scored. They just retreated. They went into yeah. the shell. They allowed us possession of the ball just before halfway and kind of in the middle third. Uh, they were happy to do that, and that kind of explains why Hearts ended up with 54% of the ball, which I was slightly surprised about. But going forward, we just... I mean, the Forest chance, your pal James... Um, <laughs> He t- it's, the, it's a horrible one. I'm sure we've all done it in the school playground or playing with our pals. It just touches his his, his, his wrong foot before it touches. He gets the shot off. That's why it looked worse um, on, on TV. It's, it's just one of those things. We had a couple of moments where I thought a ball across goal could have been played a bit harder. But look, this is we're nitpicking here. And at 2-1, having seen them, they're fragile. Um, yes, you can say, well, we should have taken advantage I understand that, but you take advantage and you leave yourself open. And that's what really got me was when we left ourselves open to their chance mm-hmm. that Kai Rolls tried to get back, but Craig produced a brilliant save. Craig was outstanding tonight, by the way. I don't understand how could we could be left so open, knowing fine well that at 2-1, yeah, that's fine. Just shut up shop. But we had the ball. We lost it. They moved forward and so nearly got a, a third goal, which would have been a, a sucker punch. So I'm all right where we are right now. I would like to to have consolidated on the lead, I would like to have maybe kept it at one-one when they got back into it, but but we didn't. And where we are is, I still think a really good chance to progress, and I'm all right with that. Let's get a bit of reaction from you, the listeners and the fans. We got a few tweets after the game. Uh, David Chisholm says Halkett's injury derailed us massively. Civic and Atkinson aren't necessarily awful individually, but together they absolutely cannot be right side of our defence Smith settled things down need more from the midfield they were pretty non-existent tonight and that's a fair point I, I know you said Haring was put under a bit of pressure I thought he was poor tonight by yeah, by his yeah, by, and that's mm-hmm. that's by by his standards you know um, giving the ball away caught in possession uh, just a bit slow with things um, poor distribution so I thought it was a kind of poor night for him. I mean, I, th- I thought central midfield-wise we weren't overly strong anyway. Grant and Devlin, a bit more kind of bang average, had some shaky moments, some steady moments. 
I think um, our distribution on the whole, Laurie, wasn't good enough no, tonight. No. And again, this is, this is me talking about a six out of ten performance, and Robbie might disagree. A six out of ten performance where player, I thought, I thought we weren't careful enough with the ball when we had it. We gave it away too cheaply tonight. Haring wasn't at his best. Um, Devlin Atkinson wasn't at his best. I think Robert Borthwick put something out about um, Toby Sibick um, on 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 Twitter. Uh, how I think he thought he did all right. Other yeah. people disagreed. Look, we want our best tonight, and we're in the tie. That's that's not a bad position to be in. It's not. Um, Brian Martin says disagree with Robbie about team being outstanding, but they know the team can play better and have the backing of a packed Tynecastle. Losing two one, playing poorly with second leg to come. People losing their minds over this is disappointing, but sadly expected. The tie is not over. Um, Robert Gill says tactics were classic Robbie. Seven defensive players, eight if you include Gordon. Midfield gets overrun and forwards were isolated. We were lucky it was only two. Nielsen has to stop tinkering. We should have went with the same team that horsed Dundee United. Um, Scott McIntosh, who is Amorusa Let's It Run, said, would have taken the result beforehand. Civic does not display the awareness and positioning required of a centre-back. Love Devlin, but his pressing only works if the team follows suit. Leaves us exposed at times against better opposition. Um, and he goes on to say, very winnable home leg. We'd love to see a 4-2-3-1 next week. Um, interesting, he talks about Civic. That's one of my big things with Civic. I think sometimes when he gets matched up with people, he puts in a good challenge. One on one, he he isn't too bad. He's not actually that slow for his height. Positionally, is what I is my big concern with him. And I think a couple of times just crosses into the box, and he doesn't know where he, you know, he's not where your right centre back should be. And I think he just allowed players to drift off the side of him. And I think that's one of the problems because he's not really a centre back, is he? He's a defensive midfielder. I don't know what he is. What might have have, have helped today, certainly helped Haring and Devlin. I know we ended up with a four, and it was it was weird because Michael Smith came on as a right wing back, played as a central midfielder, defensive midfielder. Stephen Kingsley at one spell was on the right-hand side, and then he was all over the place back to the left-hand side. You could have gone to a four with Civic as a defensive midfielder and played it like that So in the in the second half. So you could have gone Cochran, Kingsley, or oh, Rolls, Kingsley, and then Smith at right back, Civic, Haring, and Devlin, and then you're bringing on Boyce, Shankland, and 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 Forrest. You could you could have done that. That might have been an option for him. I just I just felt that with the five at the back tonight, it, it, there were at times we kind of felt right. We've got a five at the back, and we're just going to defend here, and that kind of went throughout the team and middle to front. I didn't think we saw enough of the ball because when we had the ball, I, I thought we were careless with it. As I said, so. It's it's weird because European ties. This isn't a Premier League game in in Scotland. It's not like oh well, we lost. That's it. No points. This is that was a formation tonight that was picked to make sure that you could hopefully try and score, which which they did from the spot, and to try and nick something, i.e. a draw or something, but to to ensure you're still alive next week. And this is why all the tweets. Um, I'm, I'm I'm fine with with every single one of them. Uh, everyone's got their opinion. I've tried to explain why Michael Smith didn't start tonight. Um, and that's come straight from, from Robbie Nielsen. He'll start next week, assuming there, there are no issues. And I just can't understate how important the Hearts fans are going to be next week um, to, to spur that team on because they're a fragile side right now. And, and mm-hmm. 
if Hearts fans can can be at it right from the first whistle, if if Graham Easton and his brother can pump things up, we've got the big screens next week. We'll have the lights that'll be on, um, the extra lights that have that have just been apparently H, new HD lights in the in the stadium for for TV purposes, so that it's brighter on TV. Everything's going to be uh, everything's going to be in our favour next week. Home support, but we have to. We have to play better, I think, than we than we played tonight. I'll just go through a few more of the messages quickly. Uh, uh, Pete Barber says, given the performance and our lack of clear-cut chances, I'll absolutely take only being one goal down. Fancy our chances in the return leg. Ross said, thought we were too easily undone by either long balls or simple passes. Couple of silly mistakes have cost us, as they always will at European level. Saying that, we're still very much in the tie and they look beatable. Um, HMFC Shadow Project could have been worse Halkett injury was a turning point my worry is we are only a couple of injuries away from the bottom six need four or five new faces in if we are serious about staying third um, Aldo Scrim 89 says happily bite your hand off for a 2-1 when I saw the shape and line up we're still in the tie that's the silver lining here uh, Sam started poorly and slow in my opinion got a bit lucky with the penalty sloppy goals to concede however feel the approach and atmosphere at Tynecastle will be much different to what we saw, to what we saw tonight which leaves me with some optimism still um, Vic desperately need, needed a voice on um, Sibic Atkinson short defensively Grant I also feel is getting away with it because of these two Smith added a maturity missing after Halke went off um, suitor on loan question mark um, that would be interesting <laughs> Mon the heart of Midlothian game on um, let's have a look what else we've got Bry Pye says good result overall still very much in the tie Sibic however is a bomb scare and should be nowhere near our defence constantly letting his man drift away from him or getting stuck too far upfield meaning others need to try to cover him uh, Hannah Happy we're still in the tie and expect Tankast to be rocking and the smaller pitch to suit us next week. We look dangerous up front, but centre midfield and defence without Halkett is a bit of a worry. Smith should be ahead of Atkinson. All to play for. Uh, we're just having a wee scan through what else we got. Craig King messaged, and he's obviously doing this from a more of a neutral point of view because, well, it's Switzerland. Everything's neutral. Um, <laughs> Craig King, who's of course our Scottish Swiss football expert, said 100% penalty, even okay. game until equaliser. Uh, Zurich were the better team overall, best performance of their season so far. Uh, they should have won by more, especially the chance for the tap in at the end, but decent result for Hearts to take back. It'll be a different game at Tynecastle. Um, Gavin Wallace, we can turn over that lot over at Tynecastle. We'd have taken 2-1 before the game. Losing Halkett was a blow. Once we put Forrest and Boise on, they look particularly shaky down the channels. Satisfactory night's work. All to play for. Let's get the old girl rocking next week. Um, and let's see, we'll pick one more finally. Uh, Serial Sock Thief says, was hoping for a proper second half turnaround, but even when it didn't come, I still felt optimistic. Losing Halkett so early was a sore one. There were some uncharacteristically weird shenanigans in defence. Their second was a lovely finish, but otherwise didn't see much to worry about. We looked nervy, and too many of our reliable performers were slightly off. That won't happen at home. We have another gear and better individual collective performances in us. Not sure that they do. Plus, most importantly, we have the magnificent Tyne Castle game on. And I think that's fair. Game on, isn't it? It is. 
It is. Now I've got to be careful what I say because I've got the whole Hearts coaching staff pretty much sat right beside me outside. Um, so <laughs> I'm under a wee bit of pressure now. Um, I'm going to stick by everything that, that I've said about the performance and I think we'll win it next week. What, that you said that it was all Robbie Nielsen, Lee McCulloch and Gordon Forrest's fault? No, that I think that Poor Paul Gallagher is a wonderful goalkeeping coach. Um, Robbie Nielsen, Lee McCulloch, Gordon Forrest <laughs> are fantastic coaching staff. And we'll leave it there. <laughs> have, you, have you got a Lee, Lee McCulloch big shiny smile at you right now? Um, it's one word for it. I'm not sure that's a smile, but because <laughs> he Robbie knows, but Lee doesn't. There's a, there's a puzzlement. I thought, what the, what the heck's going on? Right. So, okay. So uh, Hearts go to Celtic Park on Sunday. We're not even going to bother predicting. No, that, are we? not. <laughs> no, no. Let's no. take a nil-nil and run. Not, not when you've got Robbie Nielsen, Lee McCulloch sitting next to you. Um, let's not predict Celtic Park, and we will be back next week. We've got two episodes again next week because it's a European week so we will be we will be back to discuss Celtic against Hearts and we will preview the home leg in full uh, between FC Zurich and Hearts Midlothian at Tynecastle next Thursday and then we will be back with our next episode of Make Some Noise to review the second leg hopefully a successful second leg as Hearts look to turn around that 2-1 deficit after the game which just happened tonight uh, we hope you enjoyed the first instalment of our um, mini-series. Uh, hopefully it'll be more than a mini-series because in seasons to come we'll always have European football to contend with and make some noise will be a regular occurrence. But thank you, Mark, for joining us from Switzerland. Uh, is it time for another beer? I'm on the water. I'm a professional, so... Yeah. I've drunk enough fucking beer, excuse the French, over the last few days, so I think I'm uh, flying home tomorrow, so... I think we'll uh, have a couple more and then head off back okay. to the United States. Okay. Well, safe journey home for Mr. Donaldson. A safe journey home for all the Hearts fans who made the journey over to Switzerland. And we'll be back next week. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you.